Big O Tires is rolling out Black Friday deals now through December 8th. Get limited time Black Friday savings on oil changes, brakes, car batteries, and more. Plus, save up to $190 on select Michelin and BF Goodrich tires when you use your Big O Tires card. With no interest financing for 12 full months OAC. Don't miss Black Friday deals happening now through December 8th only at Big O Tires. For your nearest participating location, go to BigOtires.com. Swallow up the Oakland Raiders 40-9 at Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday to take command of the AFC race. The defense and special teams were terrific, and the offense was good enough to post the decisive victory. The A-team of Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell, Sam Mellinger, and Vahe Gregorian broke down the game on Facebook Live, now presented as a Sports Beat KC podcast presented by Big O Tires. It's Monday, December 2nd, and I'm your host, Blair Kirkhoff. Thanks to Beth Welsh for putting together the Facebook Live and to Leah Becerra and Derek Donovan for producing the podcast. We'll be back on Tuesday for another episode of Sportsbeat KC where we talk sports in Kansas City every day. Welcome to Red Zone Extra on Facebook Live. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hope everybody had a good one. We are here to talk about the Chiefs' 40-9 victory over the Oakland, soon-to-be Las Vegas Raiders here at Arrowhead Stadium. Guys, good to see you. Good to see you, Herbie Teope. Sam McDowell will be joined by Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian maybe a little (laughs) bit later. I think Sam Mellinger is going to be here in just a moment, though. You know what? This is the first time we've done one of these in Kansas City in a little while, right? Um, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, First time we've talked about Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City in a little while. <laughs> yep. That's right. That's right. Um, uh, we were in Wichita for one of these and Mexico City for another one. It's the first Kansas City uh, appearance for this for this group in a while. And uh, look, we have an interesting game to talk about. Uh, lopsided, the final score indicates it was – it didn't feel to me like a lopsided game – maybe until the third, fourth quarter. Even though the Chiefs were never behind, it was 21 to nothing after Juan Thornhill's uh, interception return, and that was the halftime score. It, 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 it looked, and, and the Chiefs were gonna win the game, but it never felt like a breakaway game until sort of the second half progressed. Did you get that sense too, Herbie? I got that sense as well, because this is two straight games now where the offense just doesn't look like the Patrick Mahomes and company type offense that we expect. It was it was 21 to nothing, and then normally when it's 21 to nothing, the guys know I like to, okay, maybe it's time to start writing. But I, I just didn't feel confident enough to do that until the third quarter rolled around, and it's like, okay, they're going to put this way. Because the Raiders, when it was when it was 24 to nothing, all of a sudden it felt like it was 50 to nothing. And I was like, there's no way in the world the Raiders are coming back. But they did win. It was a it was a defensive domination, but you know at some point you got to start wondering what, what's going on with the offense. They're Patrick Mahomes with 175 yards passing. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, a career low when he set the previous career low the week before in, in Mexico City with 182 yards. So you, you got to start wondering what's going on with that offense. But it, it was a pretty good win though overall. We'll get to the offense. Let's let's start where uh, giving credit where credit's due. I thought that uh, the Chiefs' defense was terrific today. Even though uh, Josh Jacobs rushed for over 100 yards, I gave the rushing defense a passing grade because uh, the Chiefs had given up 140 yards per game plus rushing, and they held 
the Raiders to 100, it was 120 ish or something like That's that. That's a win. So <laughs> it is, it's kind of win. Sam joins us. You wrote about the defense, didn't you? I did. Um, I like, I kind of feel like what just piggybacking off what Herbie just said. If you're a Chiefs fan and you're worried about the offense, it's a hell of a place to be, right? <laughs> um, I, I thought the defense was, I, I thought they were better than they were last week when they essentially won the Chargers, not last, two weeks ago, when they essentially won the Chargers game. And I even thought they were better than they were in Denver the night um, the night that the quarterback got hurt. And some of that is taking into account Joe Flacco, you know. And I'm not saying that Derek Carr is 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 an All Pro or whatever, but I think he's a functional quarterback at least. And I think it all the secondary was so good. I mean, they they made the big plays, right? And and that's sort of changed everything. The pick six and Matthews interception and and Juan Thornhill made a hell of a tackle on a fourth, fourth and, and one. Fourth and one. Uh, kind of on the left side, uh, that was a hell of a play. Uh, but they also did it in subtle ways. They also did it. I mean, just the coverage was smothering down downfield. That you know, Derek Carr had nothing to do. You know, he just he he had nowhere to go with the ball because the coverage was so good. They were just Led they were good sacks. at every level. They were they really were. And and real quick, you mentioned the the Jacobs thing. I don't know why Josh, like why didn't that guy get forty five carries today? <laughs> yeah. You know, and and Waller was a problem. That's you know that's right. a thing that's going to happen with tight ends, but. They well, were so good. I wrote about uh, uh, Juan Thornhill after the game, and when he had that stop, that fourth and one stop, it was a jet sweep with the with the wide receiver. At that point, and this was early in the second quarter, uh, Jacobs had 55 yards rushing. Yeah. We, were, we were counting. We thought, you know, if he they, if the Chiefs hold him on under 100 in the first half, they'd call it good, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was having a game. When he wasn't even in the in the game on that play. He, no, he not, wasn't. Not That's even right. as a yep. decoy to help make that play more effective. Yeah. That, that just, yeah, that seemed, struck me as pretty odd. Yeah. Um, so, look, 40-9, to nine, which, by the way, uh, the final score, 40-9, to nine, second game in NFL history with that final score. Mm-hmm. Matt, Matt Derrick came up with that stat. I don't know <laughs> what the heck Matt to do with that stat. But okay. I just thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, so what else about this defense is encouraging? What are the, you know, this is a couple of weeks now where they, you know, if you, if you include the Chargers game in Mexico City in, in this one, that's six interceptions in two games. It's a lot of good stops. I'm not sure they beat a quarterback that's going to be in the Pro Bowl, but they beat a couple of veteran quarterbacks, guys who have had success against Chiefs. Maybe not Andy Reid Chiefs, but Chiefs in the past. Um, that's I, I'm feeling pretty good about this defense. Yeah, to me it all starts with the secondary. And what's funny is you go into the offseason probably thinking that's their biggest need their biggest area for improvement and I mean heck they were linked to every quarterback on the mark cornerback on the market we we talked about whether or not they should get Jalen Ramsey uh, during this season and it just you look at the product out on the field it's, it's like they don't need any help you know Matthew's playing great Thornhill's been great since about week five I would say mm-hmm. and, and that's even how he describes his, his, own, his own comfort level with the game all of a sudden it started slowing down to him and the cornerbacks who everyone viewed as a problem. I mean, before that Raiders last drive, which was obviously prevent defense, and I know that the Chiefs did actually look pretty motivated to, to try and stop that touchdown from happening, but the Raiders had one reception by a wide receiver the entire game, and it was for eight yards. And we, we were talking about that same storyline last week against the Chargers, who have some pretty good wide receivers. Now, the Raiders, I, I think, have one of the worst wide receiver core in the yeah. And, and the league, but still, these guys are NFL players, and you're giving up one catch to a wide receiver through three and, you know, four-fifths of a quarter. 
And but but they they came up they, they came in here with a six and five record second place yeah. in the division this was and in, playing well lately too. yeah playing well so you throw out last week that yeah. figured that was the aberration West Coast team traveling sure. east for for a you know a, a ten a.m. body clock game for them and they looked bad I I thought they'd come in here motivated and and you know kind of hungry to to prove last week was a fluke and they didn't I don't want to say they were a no show but I just think they ran into a you know, they, they ran into a defense that I. You know, I hadn't, I didn't see earlier this year, yeah. and I'm starting to see now. Well, at, at the risk of like oversimplifying, which I guess is our job, right? But um, I think that the secondary needed a lot of change from last year, but they turned what has to be one of, if not the worst position group. I know I've said this a bunch, but one of, if not the worst position groups in the whole league, which was this that safety that safety group last year, and turned it into a strength. And both those guys, I mean, you just said it. Both those guys are playing really well. And then the other thing is like. They needed a shutdown cornerback, but like Charvarius Warren has played lights out. Yeah, he's lights out. Um, I I don't know how long it'll continue. You know, young corners that can be volatile or whatever, but um, he's only given up one touchdown in his career. Um, And, you know, he gave up one that was Waller right down the left sideline. It was good coverage. You know, he's got to turn around and see the ball, but he's played terrific. I mean, you know, you don't even notice the Kendall Kendall Fuller return, but, you know, you don't even notice like that injury. was playing ahead of Fuller. Yeah. But Ward, uh, um, you know, I mean, just kind of an afterthought deal. Last last training camp too. Yeah. I mean, just just kind of a guy that may not have made. Uh, I think it was the Cowboys roster and just just Cowboys had depth at, at, yeah. at defensive back, and the Chiefs had some depth at offensive line. The the other thing, like um, you know, in, in the locker room, the thing that the sort of common theme um, from guys on the defense is that you know, look like the optimist expectation of this defense would have been they're probably going to struggle early, and then they'll yeah. get better as the season goes on and and what those guys in the locker room say is that like that become that that is because it's communication and it's like at the beginning of the year you're trying to just get the words right right and then in the middle of the year maybe you're saying something and you're hoping somebody's there and now you're saying something and you know somebody's going to be there and it becomes you know sort of you're not thinking you're just reacting kind of thing and like that's shows up you know at least it has these last two weeks and one thing Terran matthew said after the game was thornhill's doing more than talking in practice yeah. during the week which that i was found a, interesting yeah that was a good rookie, point yep. uh, rookie starter i think to piggyback off of what you said here about in the locker room what the defense has turned around i was chatting with alex okafer as, as the locker room was shutting down i just kind of like just casually asked him where's this coming from and he was saying like they took it upon themselves after patrick mahomes was hurt in denver they, they kind of like had this little meeting among themselves it's up to us now. You know, we don't know how long Patrick is going to be out. It's up to us because we have to carry our load here. And it, it certainly has shown over the last month that that's exactly what they're doing. And back-to-back impressive performances, hats off to them. Yep. All right, so. <clears throat> well, to, to me, just, first of all, that's a good story from, from Alex Okafor. But um, the last two weeks, I, I think, has just really displayed how far the gap is between the Chiefs and the rest of the AFC West. <laughs> Because you've got three teams that have quarterback issues, based especially based on what they saw these last two weeks. You know, the three of us talked about because we went to Wichita this, this last week. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you'd hoped. <laughs> um, so, but but Carr, like like you mentioned, is not John Gruden's guy, and I wonder how quickly before they turn the page and start looking for John Gruden's guy. Um, Philip Rivers looks like he, he's on his last legs. It's sort of reminiscent of what we saw out of Peyton Manning his last year. And then the Broncos are on their third quarterback this season. And I think all of them right now also have some defensive issues, whether it's age, injuries with the Chargers, or, you know, 
talent-wise with, with the Raiders, and suddenly I, I think that the Chiefs might be better in all three units than all three of these d- d- division teams, and it could be that way for a little while. Hey, Mike, uh, thanks, for the, thanks for the note. Uh, Brian Jordan, good to have you back. Uh, send us your questions and comments, and we'll get to as many of them as we can. But I tell you what, i got to say this, that after wa- you know, watching the Chargers game two weeks ago, my thought was, okay, they're going to beat the Raiders. They're better than the Raiders. It would be a monumental upset if, um, if Oakland came in here and won. But if I saw a performance similar to what I saw in Mexico City, I was going to think, um, you know, this isn't a team that I would expect to win more than a playoff game. Uh, and we're thinking this is a team that can win two or three playoff games. Did, did the way they played today change your mind or alter your thinking about this team in, in, in the postseason, postseason possibility? I still want to see more, you know. I, I still want to see these last, what, four games? Uh-huh. Uh, but I, I think there's a case to be made, and I'm saying this as I'm walking in here from watching Tom Brady just <laughs> – he doesn't look good so far. <laughs> and and that comment may not age well because uh, I thought he was done before. And, and, and let me just say, we don't have the game on here, so yeah. we'll, we'll, uh, we'll try to keep up with the score. <laughs> yeah, he's probably thrown four touchdowns since I walked in here. <laughs> uh, but I, th- I think there's a case to be made that the Chiefs at their best could be better than anybody else. Like Because the, the offense is the best in the AFC if they're at their best. I would... Yeah, but, I we, but we haven't seen that in two weeks. No, we have Two games. Yeah, we, you know, why no, haven't, these why last haven't two we weeks have been a problem. Yes. Um, and, and if the defense is playing this way and, and opportunistic, creating turnovers, you know, tackling better, all those things, I, I think they can beat anybody in the AFC. Like that, now, that's a very different thing than this is how they're going to play in January and they're going to win the AFC. But I, I think it's entirely possible. Well, first of all, to, to Sam's point about the AFC West, I <laughs> – with, yes, I mean, with three other teams without real continuity with coach and quarterback or, you know, wow. or both, the Broncos, you know, I just yeah. think, well, what are we looking at here going forward? I, this is going to be the Chiefs' division for, for quite some time, possibly. It could be Patriots-like. I agree. The, the type of run. But let's, let's go ahead and, and talk about it. I, um, to me, the, the, the theme of this game for quite a while was the, the, how out of sync – the you know Patrick Mahomes and the passing yeah. game was, and you you just you just assume they're not going to run the ball well because they haven't done that all season, uh, at least at a championship level. And but you know Patrick Mahomes, who's a couple of times this year thrown for 300 yards in a quarter, yeah. including the game in Oakland yeah. in week two, you know you know t- topped his season low or career low from the Chargers game with 175 yards passing, as as Herbie mentioned earlier. What's going on here? What's what's the deal? What what why is it why is it why is it seemingly out of sync? By look the Mahomes standard out of sync. I don't know. I like um, I think that's a mystery. At least right now. I mean, it's it's there's a lot of things that go into it, right? There's consistency. There's you know like I love that they went for the fourth fourth down. I did Didn't too. Love that they ran. Didn't like the call right up the middle. Um, <clears throat> you know, Mahomes had a play. Oh, was that third down where he's kind of scrambling to his right and he's throwing. Across his body, it wouldn't have been the Tyreek against the Ravens play, but it was like sort of so the, the of, interception of dropped? that ilk. Yeah, yeah, the, and and that ball just died, and and I don't know if it got caught in the wind. I don't know if it was it was, it was wobbling a little bit. I don't know if that was because of the wind. There's just it, it just seems like a combination of a lot of things. It's it's concerning, I guess, but like I just I'm gonna believe in this offense. You know what I mean? What's concerning to me is they're coming off of a bye, and that's true. That's a good point. Yep. They're coming off of a bye week, and, and they have. 
they're relatively healthy. I mean, the only person who was missing going into this game who would be considered a starter was Damian Williams. Sure. They got the front five back. Yeah. They got their offensive linemen. They're all healthy. They're playing. And then yes. to see them come out like this, I don't know what's going on there, but you're right. It is, it's, it's truly concerning, especially when you know what's coming up this week. Yeah, the Patriots don't look all that great, but... The offense, but the defense yeah. is different. Yeah, yeah that defense is pretty... And it's going to be in their house. Yep. So I, th- I think a couple things are at play. Um, the first one is, it's kind of reminiscent to me of the, the Ravens last year... Late in the year, teams started figuring out they need to play a heavy amount of defensive backs against them because they can pass, and Lamar Jackson's an athletic guy, and they didn't fear anybody running up the middle on them. So what the Ravens did is they went out and got Mark Ingram, and that I think that's why their offense completely changed this year. The Chiefs don't have the threat of a guy running up the middle right now against teams, and there's not a lot of teams that are game planning for that threat because it's not there. So... The passing game is what everybody's worried about. And I, I know, and I'm an analytics guy, and I know the analytics are, are pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball. But you have to run the ball at some point to make the pass more effective. And right now the pass isn't effective because the run game's not in. Before that last drive, Patrick Mahomes was their leading rusher with 25 yards. Right. And I know Darwin Thompson had a great last drive, and I think he should get more playing time going forward. Maybe he does because of how he played. Um, but I, I think the run game has to be part of the equation in order for the offense to, to, to become more effective, especially in December and January. You talked to Darwin Thompson after the game. He had a nice backstory, not nice, but an interesting backstory uh, yeah. that you were able to yeah, catch he up found, with him about. He woke up this morning basically to a text message that his high school coach had died. Um, at uh, Jinx, Jinx, Oklahoma. At Jinx, Oklahoma, diagnosed in 2016 with ALS, which obviously is a, a brutal disease. Um, so he kind of knew this was coming at some point, didn't know that uh, it, it progressed so quickly. Um, but, you know, obviously a very emotional emotional day for him. It, 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 was, it was pretty telling of, of this, how much he's grown personally. We, we've seen his growth on the field, and the players talked about that in the locker room. But just maturity-wise, he said that, when he was in high school, uh, Alan Trimble's the guy's name, that, that him, and, him and Coach Trimble had butted heads um, because he was hard on him. And that once he got to college, and especially in his upperclassmen years at, at Utah State, he sort of realized that there was a reason for it mm-hmm. and that it made him a better person, it made him work harder, it made him grind more. And he credits a lot of that for the, for the reason he's out here today. Man, you talk to the guys in the Chiefs locker room, especially offensive linemen. I talked to Anthony Sherman about him. His work ethic comes up in every conversation you, you have about Darwin Thompson. I thought he did have a nice, uh, probably his best game, right? Oh, as, absolutely, a, a, yeah. as a rookie, and uh, and it was needed because the Chiefs were down to him and LaShawn McCoy, right, with the Daryl Williams hamstring injury, yeah. and and Damian Williams was out with the with the rib injury. Herbie, what are they going to do at running back? They can't, you can't go <laughs> forward with two. No, you definitely can't go forward with the two. And here we go again with workouts on Tuesday. You know, they made they made decide to bring someone in. They also have an interesting guy in Elijah McGuire on the practice squad. Uh, He's a player I know the Chiefs have kept an eye on ever since the 2017 pre-draft process. He was one of their 60 formal interviews at the Combine. And I know um, when I spoke to McGuire earlier this week, when the Jets cut him, there were two teams that immediately reached out to him, the Chiefs and the Cleveland Browns, obviously with the John Dorsey connection there. And he, he went to the Browns because Stump Mitchell, who was uh, the running back coach with the Jets, was there, and he wanted to go to a coach that he knew. But he's an interesting player that they might take a look at, too, because I think he's a, he, he would be a fantastic fit with this scheme because he can catch, 
and he can run. And so they have options there. Didn't they say, like, um, I stayed in the locker room. I didn't go in for Andy, but didn't Andy say, like, I think we're going to be okay? Yeah, he acted like the the injuries. none of the injuries were, were going to be long-term. And, man, I mean, all of us reacted out loud, audibly, whenever oh, Daryl Williams just— It looked it was, like an Achilles. I was ready to call an ACL, an Achilles injury, <laughs> and a hamstring. Yeah. Like, that thing just looked awful. I think I, we've, we've seen enough Achilles injuries around here to yeah. recognize the, the reaction to yeah. that. Yeah, that stuff's yeah. contagious. <laughs> well, hey, we, hey, 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 guys. How you doing? Hey guys, it was interesting. It was interesting what uh, Sam McDowell you said at the time that happened. It looked like he thought he got hit. Yeah. The way the way he went down, the way because it's sort of like he was trying to fight it off, and then he got up. And that, anyway, so evidently it's not as bad as it looked. Is sort of the early takeaway, I guess. He didn't look good walking in the locker room, though. He, you know, because he was in there when we were in there, and he was walking. Well, he was hobbling out, and I was like. That doesn't look like a day-to-day thing there. Yeah, what, what Andy Reid said about because Daryl Williams had a hamstring. Rashad Fenton had a hamstring pretty early in the game. And Frank Clark injured his shoulder. He said, I think we're going to be okay as we go on with those guys, but we'll see how that goes. We'll see how it goes. We'll see. Yeah, we'll get that to you. <laughs> Paul, Paul Eccles wants to know if we agreed with the idea of kicking a 51-yard field goal. That came in the – That would have been in the third quarter. It made it 24. Drive of the 24 third yeah, yeah. I do. The one that was into the wind. <laughs> yeah. Right to left. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. You, you thought that what was I forgot the situation was it fourth, was fourth and, and two maybe yeah I, I just thought down in dis, the distance um, is is gettable and uh, I also didn't think that was a just an automatic three points no you know, as good with, as Butker is yeah he, he made it so whatever but just I don't know how many points out of three you expect if you kick that a hundred times you know <laughs> how many of those three hundred points you expect but I, I thought it was a tough kick and I just think that this offense should be able to get two yards. I, but I thought, it worked out. I thought it was right into the wind, too. Yeah. I thought it was. I mean, you were looking at the flags flapping. Am I loud enough, Beth, with, uh, without the mic? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting question because I remember in the press box, the three of us were debating it. You two said, go for it. And I said, take the points. And, I, and the reason I said, take the points is because at that point, the Raiders just were being Raiders. They, they were in that on offense and. and Penalties, yeah, it, turnovers. At that point, I was like, it, remember I said it earlier, it felt like it was they were down fifty to nothing at that point. So yeah, take the points if you can. If you can extend it to twenty-four to nothing, now it's sixty to nothing. Well, but I was just the opposite in the um, after the um, uh, the, the, tar- the, the no the Teran Matthew interception the, on the second possession where they got to the fifteen or so. No, uh, yeah, it was fourth the, and it was, one. It was the kickoff fumble, I think, because they scored off of the. You're the right. You're Teron right. That, that's right. You're right. It was the kickoff. You're right. The the fumble, the recovery by uh, Dorian O'Daniel. Right. So they get it to twenty four. They go nine yards on three plays, fourth and one, and I'm thinking, kick the field goal. You don't waste the opportunity to get point get, gift points. Those are gift points right there, right off the turnover. They go for it. They get stoned. It's, it's Darrell Williams who gets stoned. And I do think that brings us to a concern that I, I think the Chiefs should have, and that is this is not an offensive line that, that's, that's a road-paving offensive line. It, they don't move bodies. They're, they're great in pass protection. They're, they're a great finesse offensive line, but they're not the Cowboys. There, there's some offensive lines in football that just move people. This one doesn't. So we talked about it earlier. The, the play call was probably the, the, the biggest question there for you. Yeah. I wanted them to take the points, but you said just well, – so, so I guess the question is, if we agree that establishing the run is going to be important for them going forward, especially in cold-weather playoff games, yeah. 
is this offensive line capable of, of that? I mean, can can they can they win playoff games with this offensive line? I'm, I'm kind of wondering though, what what what's an ideal play? Because I think this addresses a big issue for this team, which is what do they do on fourth and short? We've seen that the quarterback sneak is probably going to be out of the equation. <laughs> yeah, it's out of the equation. <laughs> uh, running up up the middle on a shotgun inside handoff is telegraphing what you're going to do. I, I just I don't know what the ideal fourth and one play is for this we, team. We all liked that little pop pass to Tyreek Hill on third and five yes, or whatever that was. And I, I remember there being some chatter in, in the group about that's their fourth down play. Now, maybe that's going to be a telegraphed deal now, but something like that, right? I don't. I think there has to be some some of that crazy Andy Reid imagination on these things. I mean, because I, I, they're not going to just, just, as you said, Blair, you know, knock people back and get it. I think you can if, – if a team has Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill, I, I, think, you can, I think you can RPO something. I, I, think, I just think that there's a lot of different things you can do. Um, you'd rather just give it to Ezekiel Elliott and let him <laughs> follow these big dudes up the middle, right? But um, I, I still think that there's, there's got to be a way that they can you – know, and look, I, I recognize that I'm extreme. But I think that fourth and three or shorter, I would go for it like pretty much every time. I, I agree with that. That's the analytics though, right? The it, analytics it yeah, tell I'm, you to do that's, that. They yeah. tell you to do it even if you're on your own 40. Yeah. Um, but I do think that this team is built a little bit differently in the sense that they don't really have that run. Th- it, to me, though, if I, if I would have gone for it on fourth and one there, and um, and I, I thought I initially thought they should go for it, but I, I did think you made a good point on – just these points were gifted to you. You get 10 points. You've got all the momentum of the game. The Raiders had the yep. ball first. All of a sudden, you're up two possessions in the snap Something of the fingers. But if you're going to run the ball, I thought Anthony Sherman should be in the game. And I, I, I'm surprised he hasn't been utilized more on fourth and short, in third and short situations this year. As a runner or as a blocker? As a blocker. Can we, uh, let's, let's uh, again, where credit is due under that category, zero penalties for the Chiefs today. <laughs> Zero uh, penalties. Yeah, How many that's, times that's a phenomenal we, stat. They had we, one uh, taken. They, the Darwin Thompson hold took a touchdown off the board because it was offsetting. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. But nevertheless, 1974. I think I saw this on, yes, the, on, the, right. on the broadcast. Herbie, Herbie's wow. all over it. Oh, on the broadcast. Well, I saw. Well, it no, the, I, yeah, the I tweeted it. By wow. the case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, the broadcast did it. Yeah, the last time they right. did it was. I mean that that is December the eighth, 1974. How many times have we sat here on this fine Facebook? live program and talked about like too many penalties <laughs> and all over the place like and at the wrong time like, I, I, that is shocking yeah. i tried to get a little something out of andy on that in the in the press conference and he was like oh, you know uh, just credit to the guys it's like I, well, can you at least say it was a point of emphasis or he's <laughs> giving us a little something three press conferences this week with andy reed and he mentioned penalties because we yeah, of course right. of course yeah. during the bye week you say hey what would you assess in that week off because as we know coaches Spend a lot of time self-scouting during that that week you get free. No matter what you ask about red zone efficiency, um, I think defensive red zone efficiency as well. And there was there was one other category that was asked about. All three of them, he just he mentioned penalties, which is why Andy's eighteen and three after bye weeks, right? I mean, it, it's part of uh, part of the, the cleanup. I mean, it's it's kind of remarkable, and I'm sure it has something to do with that level of detail, being able to spend time on these things that they notice are are issues. Paul Arrowwood wants us to kick around the notion of uh, turning over play calling responsibilities to Patrick Mahomes, to give it to the quarterback. <laughs> wow. Uh, a la Peyton Manning. Uh, but how, I wonder how, 
I don't know when that started for Manning and his career, how, how late he was into his career yeah. when that. I don't think we're there yet with. No, I don't know. But just why are we so eager to to take play calling duties out of Andy Reid's hands? I mean, because that stupid cause, fourth and one. Because Patrick. A couple years ago. Because Patrick. That's right. It it did right uh, with, with Nagy. Yeah, yeah. with Nagy. Um, but when, that when was things it. are going poorly, but it wasn't the quarterback. But Alex Smith wasn't calling the plays. Right. It was it was Nagy. Right. I don't remember what play Patrick was talking about in the post game press conference, but there was a phrasing he used that made it sound like he had designed the play. I mean, we don't want him there. I can't remember how he put it. Um, and it wasn't the one where he was teasing Tyree Kill about uh, being out of position, which is why he had to run it in from 13 yards, which was kind of – I'm not going to call out Tyreek, but he ran the wrong pattern. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was, it, it was interesting, though. You, you just get the feeling his, his mitts are really on the design of plays, right? But But – yeah, he doesn't need to be worrying about that. I think, I think that can come to him over over time. And other than the fourth and ones, I think you know, generally speaking, we're, we feel pretty good about Andy's selection. I mean, most of the time, right? They've been wildly they they've been wildly successful on those plays in general on on fourth and shorts. I think um, something like eight of nine. Um, is that what it was? I didn't uh, know that. And that is a true. You'd want to double check me on this, but um, I think something like eight of nine on fourth and shorts, not fourth and all. But oh, fourth, fourth and shorts with the okay. score within seven, you know, so it's not you, you take away. I don't know when the score hasn't been within seven. They um, are they are five of nine this season. Maybe it's the last on, on, two. That's over. That's all fourth over, downs. All fourth downs. So he was the last. I think I looked up the last two years. Anyway, um, I'll relook that up. I guess. But um, as much as I didn't like, I, I just, that's your weakness is running up the middle. And, and if you look at look, football outsiders and some other things that get like they rank everybody one through 32 based on like run direction and all that stuff. And it's like Fisher, the left tackle was, you know, it's like 25, 28, 30, 22. And then Mitchell Schwartz is like one on mm-hmm. the right tackle. I just, you know, it, look, I know there's a million things to think about when you're making those plays, but it's just, you're sort of, sort of like the Blake Bell play in, in Nashville. Um, you're sort of putting it all on your weakness and you know, I don't think that's smart. That is a, a, a worthy observation, um, Blair, not to get into your no, role. But, that's a, no, that's but okay. Paul, Paul Arrowwood? Yep. Paul, are we saying it right, Paul? Paul, you with us? <laughs> uh, he's, this is in reference to why would you take it out of Andy's hands? Because he gets in his own way repeatedly. Andy does sometimes get in his own way. Um, but more often than not, he clears the way, right? I mean... I'd say. My argument for that, and <laughs> and, Sam and, I, Sam and I disagree on that play call in Tennessee because I think that's part of the reason that other plays are effective is because he catches you off guard so many times with his play calls um, that we highlight the ones that don't work pretty often. And there's not a lot of highlighting the ones that do work because you just see it and it works and you move on to the next play. All right. Um, but there's something to be said about – the ability to run the ball up the gut. I and agree. And the other team knows it's coming, and they can't you stop it. You can still it. do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. and that, that's, that means you're imposing How many times have we seen, how many times have we say, seen that Chiefs, against the Chiefs? Chiefs have never, yeah. That's never happened to the Chiefs in the playoffs. Yeah. 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 That's never happened. And, and I think the part of that, when you, when you go back to the offensive line, is because they pass so much. You have to have quick offensive linemen who can get out in the space. You know, One of the things well, about well, this offense, yeah, and, and that's what prohibits them from – I'm going to, look, it's fourth and short, we're running it. 
I'm telling you now, defensive tackle, we're running it. You got to stop it. But they can't do that here. So the, that's the problem. Yeah, you can't be good at everything. Right. And they're great at some things. Yep. Although they haven't been in the last two games, which is what you kind of what you wrote about, isn't it? The offense. Uh... Well, a, a little bit. Um, and it is kind of interesting, right? I mean, they. they well, these are you said Patrick's. You're about. <laughs> well, you never know. Once you take that. <laughs> Unlike like you, when I'm going to the hoop, I might, you know, throw it off. I might. I'm like, my euro step over my shoulder. Who knows? <laughs> Just don't know what's going to happen until you're uh, delivering. Um, but but I do think this. I mean, so we've had career low passing performances from Patrick Mahomes the last two games, um, which come after he, his reappearance from you know, just being mangled and throwing for the second most yards he'd ever thrown for. So I, I think Patrick looks healthy. I think this game had a couple wrinkles to it. One. I do think the win was a little bit of a factor today, more than more than maybe we thought it would be. Um, and also, though, I think it was sort of the flow of the game. And and also, Patrick is human. There were some things out there that I thought were uh, just off kilter, a little out of sync. Um, but I think a couple balls got hung up. I also do think, though, once it got to be 21 nothing at halftime, I think the notion was, you know what, we're grinding is kind of a funny way to put it, but we're just we're just going to get out of here. Um, I don't think they needed to show anything in particular. They didn't need to expose him in any way in particular. Um, just get out and get your win and, and go. I mean, I, so I, I certainly don't come away feeling uh, any sense of concern about that. And Sam and I were kind of joking about this before. Sam Mellinger and I were joking about this. Like, if, if that's, your, that's your, your takeaway or your concern coming out of this game, I mean, I, I think that Chiefs are in pretty good shape. I kind of think of this as a game, maybe not the game, where you think to yourself, they did win with all three phases of the game, thinking and feeling out each other, right? Reacting to what's happening in the other phases of the game and sealing the win out that way, um, which also could be an excuse for why he didn't play that well. I don't know. But it seemed to me that that was legit, like that they were, they were playing with what the game became, playing in the flow of the game. To, to that end, I mean, Patrick Mahomes said on Wednesday – about the game in Mexico that he sensed how well the defense was playing and became less aggressive as the game went on because he didn't want to make a mistake because he felt like the defense was putting, setting them up in, in position. Defense was certainly playing well in the first half today. We didn't see them take a whole lot of shots in the second half, and the Raiders are dead last on the deep ball this year, and I was surprised we did not see the Chiefs expose that because, man, the first time these two teams play, we saw a lot of that, especially in that second quarter. I mean... Look, I could be overstating this, but I, I do think it really is kind of, you know, relatively new, almost unprecedented feeling like that, like, okay, maybe this isn't just that about how many yards and touchdowns the quarterback can throw for now. If, I mean, that is thrilling and fun to watch, but don't you hope for a more complete team than you win games by having the other things work too? And so I, I think that would naturally make him not do those yeah. things. Uh, the right? Patriots would, have won a lot of games, though, the way we just saw the Chiefs win today over Tom Brady's tenure and nobody after the game is talking about how you know yeah. pedestrian Tom Brady looked afterwards yeah, yeah. well but he, he also has a resume that, that for sure that this coach and quarterback you know for sure. organization uh, doesn't have so um, yeah the, the Patriots can win like this and not be criticized but damn That's it we're point. gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna hold a pass here. Um, uh, okay, well let's uh, let's uh, let's begin to wind this thing down. Um, uh, let's go with some final thoughts on tonight. Again, it was forty to nine. 
Chiefs improved to eight and four. They're well on their way to division, consecutive division championship or title or banner number four. Oh, there'll be a banner uh, in the in the Chiefs practice facility over you know winning another division title. You know that's look, those are great. You want to win the division because it gives you at least one home game in the playoffs. Uh, more is expected, but well, you know, division title is the first the first goal. They'll all tell you so. Um, Sam, any, any final thoughts? I, I mean, I think mine's kind of to build up what you say. I think the AFC West is going to be the Chiefs' division to lose for a long time. I mean, they've already won a few in a row, and I, I think the next five, at least five, maybe, maybe ten years, you could be talking about the Chiefs being a, a favorite to win this division. Um, but they're not going to be in the playoffs in the same position we thought they were going to be in, which was having that first-round bye. And... We've got four games left, and we're all going to write about all four of these games, and they're all important games. Every game matters, but I think it's pretty clear that they're going to be in that three-slot three three going four. into the playoffs, and we're going to be just wondering, can they beat the Ravens and Patriots rather than having to win one really tough game maybe that, that we thought they'd have to win going into the season? Now it looks like they're going to probably have to win two. Mm-hmm. Uh, bye, you're up. I just, I just think that, uh, you know, with the bye week coming when it did, it's a really clearly identifiable stretch run, so to speak. And um, this is, to me, it seems to me right where they want to be right now, right? They, they, the chances are they're going to be playing their best at the end of the season. And we'll see a week from now how we still feel about that, right? That's going to be a really apt test. And um, I'm looking forward to the challenge of covering that game. <laughs> Herbie, who, um, who who sang most of the soundtrack with the sound of the sound of music before the game, uh, very well, I might add. Thank you, you thank you. you. Nailed it. So, uh, what do you think? Well, my, my thoughts on this game, and I wasn't on this beat when the schedule came out, but I do know from watching from afar, this next game was circled on a lot of calendars. And I'm talking about the Patriots. I, I think these last two games that the Chiefs have played should give the Chiefs a lot of confidence because going against Tom Brady, you got to be able to pr- apply pressure on the quarterback. Check the box. You got to be able to play against the pass. Definitely check the box. Mm-hmm. A lot of confidence there. But at, at the same time, you're going against a defense that is extremely stout. So the Chiefs have a week to fix whatever is ailing that unit over there, but you also have to feel somewhat good about going into Foxborough with what we've seen out of the last month of this team. All right. Melly, who had a false start getting here today, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you uh, got here. Yeah, and I, I just want to focus on my more than 99% success rate <laughs> at remembering my computer to go to work. <laughs> let's, let's focus on the positive here, guys. Uh, By the way, that's kind of what Andy Reid was like when I asked him about the, the, the offense. Yeah. He's like, if we're going to start critiquing the bad games... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what we're here for? <laughs> First of all, we write about the good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's one thing we can't be accused of. We've written like, about Patrick Mahomes having a yeah, good game. Before. Negative, <laughs> confidence, right? um, it's, I guess it's like two things, um, and maybe these are both big picture, but if the defense is actually good and, and not just not awful and not just, you know, like passable or whatever, if the defense is actually good, it changes everything yeah. about this team and uh, and and I'm <laughs> there's some found I know I've been more positive on the defense than probably most people since the beginning of the season but I just it seems like this thing is built on a solid foundation like the the, the reasons that they're improving seem sustainable in a lot of ways um, you know obviously that'll be tested over the next month the second is um, 
as we have watched the last two, Patrick Mahomes' two worst games is an NFL quarterback, right? These, these last two weeks. It's kind of cool that the next one is going to be in Foxborough against, you know, one of the best defenses of the last five years, whatever, you know, right. just a dominant defense. It's kind of cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It'll be fun. Great storylines. A lot of storylines this week uh, as the Chiefs prepared to play the Patriots. A 325 game uh, central time won't get flexed. It's locked into that time, right? I mean, they're not, that, yeah. that one won't turn into a night yeah. game. So um, I'll just add one thing, and it's, uh, these guys make great points. Uh, and Bahe alluded to it just a moment ago. I thought the special teams played really well today. Yeah. The Butker 51-yard field goal, the fumble recovery on the kickoff return, even blocking an extra point and returning at the length of the field to make it this odd final score, 40 to nine. So, uh, good day for Dave Tobe and the and the uh, and the special teams. So, you know that'll do it for us. We enjoyed uh, talking to you guys, and we'll be back on Thursday. At a big old tires in somewhere in Kansas City. Look forward to talking to you then for Sam Vahe, Herbie, and Sam, and Beth Welsh, our producer. Uh, good night, and we'll see you soon. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50, unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash SportsBeatKCOffer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening.